Welcome everybody to another edition of the Christian Bible Study Ministry Podcast. I hope that you find yourself blessed and that you know that you are blessed and can be blessed if you just uh, trust in the Lord. And remember that no matter what's going on in this world, He is always there with you. It might not seem like it sometimes, but He is. Uh, Today, we will be reading from the 13th chapter of Matthew, which talks about the parable of the sower. And it is a subject that is so vitally important for every Christian. What kind of Christian will you be? And so, you know, it's like, how do, how do you want your life to be? What do you want your life to look like? What did Jesus say about being productive for him? What are, what are you yielding for him? What kind of fruit are you bearing for him? And again, this subject is so very vital for our lives as Christians. What do you do with the word that has been given to you? This is what we will look at today. And first, we will read through the whole passage. This is Matthew chapter 13. We will start, of course, with verse 1. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that when he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell on, on, but other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear? Let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, or Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see the things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to those things 
which ye hear and have not heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When any one heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is, is he which received the seed by the wayside, and we're going to talk about these things right now. These different types of uh, seed, you know, how the, you know, the seed that fell on different types of ground. Uh, we remember that Satan is the god of this world, and his total desire is to see nothing less than total, complete opposition to God and to destroy all that he has created. He will try to come and snatch away the chance to understand the gospel which has been preached to the lost person, and he will use whatever trickery he can think of to uh, do this. And, you know, it can probably or possibly be said that the that this person was not drawn by the spirit I, you know and i say this because from what we are told here it seems that this type of person had no understanding of the truth no revelation by the spirit and you know in doing this and preparing this it, it occurred to me that the pharisees and you know the sadducees fit into this category because they had become so set and hardened in their ways that they did not have an opening or, you know, they were not open to receiving the word. And so Satan certainly had no difficulty in snatching away uh, the word that they had heard. You know, it's like Jesus said, they, you know, they had the word, but it was taken from them because they had, they did not open themselves to it. They were blinded, and I will say that they were willfully blinded. I think, were, or at least I think that can be said. They were willfully blinded, and so they did not receive the truth. Verse 20. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it, Yet hath he not rooted himself, but endureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. Uh, sometimes people might hear the word and, you know, hey, they, you know, they get excited about it. And, you know, they might be involved with the church or whatever else. And, you know, but when things get tough, they find that they never had any true roots in Christ to begin with. They don't want to live the Christian life because they have no roots in Christ. The world is like the sun that burned them up. The world, the you know, the world of sin is too much of a draw for them because they had no roots in Christ and were not truly born again. You know, you can't live the Christian life if you're not a Christian. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. So that's what happened with the uh, word that was cast on, you know, that fell on stony ground. Verse 22. He also that received seed among, th among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. We see this mentioned in at least two other places in the Bible. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 7 through 8, and again in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, where Paul talks about, uh, you know, how people, you know, what people use to build on the foundation of Christ. 
you know, he says anything that's wood, hay, and stubble is going to be burned. And that's what this is talking about here. It's the same thing. Hebrews chapter 6, 7, verse 3, 8, it's, you know, uh, you know, all Christians have the same field. You know, they're given the same opportunities, the same blessings by God generally, you know, they in that they have the word. And uh, you have one type of Christian that, puts forth, you know, that, that, uh, that produces fruits and herbs and other, you know, good things that are, uh, useful for God, then the other type of Christian, uh, it's, you know, the only thing that they grow is thorns and thistles. That's, you know, and it says that that field, the field of thorns and thistles is nigh the cursing whose end is to be burned. What that means is, uh, Everything that they have done, you know, everything that they have done, you know, with the thorns and thistles, all that's going to be burned. The field itself, in other words, the person is not, you know, they're not uh, damned. It's, you know, it's it's like they're nigh into cursing. Uh, it's like the Christian who is mentioned in uh, Corinthians that we, that we just talked about. All the stuff that they had that was useless is burned up, that they themselves are saved, but it's like they're, you know, they're going to be smelling like smoke when all said and done, when they stand before Jesus and uh, have to give an account of their lives as Christians. You know, I've heard J. Vernon McGee said that, you know, say that there's probably going to be a lot of Christians who are going to be smelling like smoke because of how they conducted their Christian lives. They're saved, they're going to heaven, but, you know, they don't have much of a testimony because they let the cares of this world uh, interfere with their service to God. Verse 23, But he that received seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And this is hopefully where the thorny Christian finds themselves eventually. Uh, once God has disciplined us in whatever manner he sees fit, the things that distracted us are either gone or, or no longer hold the same appeal they did. Then we are like the ground which drinks in the rain of God. That's Hebrews 6, uh, verses 6 through 7. And without all the thorns and thistles to choke us, we bear good fruit for the Lord. You know, and the thorns and thistles are anything that distracts us from our fellowship with God. It doesn't matter what it is. Money, it could be somebody, it can be a person, it could be just hobbies or whatever, you know, anything. And the thing is this, if you commit yourself genuinely to Christ and are born again, you will have him dwelling in you. And when that happens, you are not going to be the same you will have a new instinct in you, that instinct that wars with the flesh. Actually, the best way to put it is that you had, that you then have the spirit within you, which is at odds with the flesh. You are fighting a war. In winning the war, you bear fruit. When you're in proper fellowship with God, you're wanting to follow his word and be in his word and allow his word to grow in you. You will bear fruit and people are going to notice it. In some way, you know, in losing the war, you bear bad fruit, you know, thorns and thistles. 
you know, the thorns and thistles of your life will, ha will all be burned away at the judgment seat of Christ. They will, they will have absolutely no value. But if you decide to let the word grow in you, you will be bearing things that the Lord can use and you will be rewarded for them. And it is so important that people understand this, you know, salvation, you know, being a Christian is more than just being saved. It is a life that you are to live. Your life is committed to Christ when you accept him into your life. That is the relationship that he wants to have with you. And there is so much more to being saved than just being saved. You know, we're supposed to be soldiers and, you know, and mature Christians serving Christ. But the only way we can successfully do that is if we are wanting to do what the Lord wants us to do. You know, if we're willing to have our flesh crucified to, you know, so that we can better serve him and look like him, you know, that is what we need to do to grow fruit. It's what we have to do to, you know, to bear fruit. Because if you're looking like the world around you, then what, you know, when the world looks at you and they say, oh, they say they're a Christian, but yet there's no real difference that we can see in how they act and behave, then why should we even think that it's important to accept Christ? You want to be someone who is turning away from the world more and more every day. It never stops until you die because we all sin. You know, we do every day. You know, your, your sanctification will not be complete until, excuse me, your progressive sanctification will not be complete until the end. You want the world around you to look at you and say, man, that is a different person. You know, that's, they don't live the same life that we do. You know, you want them to see Christ in you. And if you're bearing fruit, there's a good chance that they might just see Jesus in you. Think about that. And again, I will end this. I will end this by saying again that the only way to bear fruit is to yield to the Holy Spirit and let Him shape you into the image of Christ. Now, with all that being said, uh, if there's anybody here listening to this, if you're in a uh, position in life to where you've gotten away from your fellowship with God things have interfered in your fellowship with God and you want to come back, hey, now's the time to do it. He will welcome you back. It's, uh, you know, I guess you might could say it's like the prodigal son. You know, he will put new clothes on you. He will wash you, you know. So I will pray right now, Father, Lord, if there's anybody here who needs to come back to you, I pray that uh, they will realize that you're standing there waiting for them to come back and you will wash them and they will be restored 
to their proper fellowship with you. Or if there's anybody here listening who's not saved, I pray that they would come to accept you right now as Savior and Lord, that you died for their sins and for everybody's sins, and that you rose from the dead, and that apart from you, we have no hope. We have no hope. And so, Lord, I just pray this in Christ's name. Amen.